So how you, how you doing there? Uh, it's been it's been a busy busy evening. Yeah. You might say. Yeah. I uh, I got off of work. Work was uh, first day back from vacation. That was well. It was you know <laughs> it was like those days typically go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, enough said about that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, left work. Um, went to the grocery store. Got some groceries. Got home. Immediately started cooking dinner. Ate dinner. Uh, and then dashed upstairs to here, and and here we are, uh, <laughs> recording recording the podcast. So uh, yeah, yeah, recording the Honest Bicycle Program. I had a very similar similar day where I I got off of work instead of going grocery shopping, I did a sprint workout, and then I like came home, showered real fast, I, washed I, dishes, I, made dinner, ate it, came upstairs. Oh so yeah, I've been boy sprint workout. So so I've been doing my workouts in the uh in the morning mm-hmm. lately yeah it's um it's a life change you know it, that definitely require that, that that requires not just like a life change but like a lifestyle change and like a body chemistry change it is it is it is brutal i'm not gonna lie but the, the reason is in the evening and actually i didn't have time for this this evening which is annoying me and maybe i'll have to do I'll, i guess i'll do it after we do this show but I haven't done my core strength workout yet, mm. uh, because that's that's the thing. Is like now it's like okay, I'm gonna wake up at like uh, six or earlier. It, it really needs to be earlier a lot of the time, and then get on my bike. In now apparently the freezing cold and dark. <laughs> so this is this is a hell of a time to start making this change of life. Um, so yeah, freezing cold, dark, check, check uh ride bike check uh yeah get home hastily groom myself and and then drive to work because that's the kind of life i have now mm-hmm. and then yeah and then it's just fun never stops then you work for a full day you you go home I, I do my uh my core workouts like i said uh maybe i have you know <laughs> 45 minutes on the couch and then i need to go to bed mm-hmm. uh yep I know I have some friends, some very good friends who do a lot of uh, Elizabeth of William. If you're listening, uh, hi, I'm talking about you. Um, very good friends who who yeah, they're they're early morning bike riders, and they uh, it works for them. I don't know how or why, but uh, but they do it. They do it all the time. Well, and I've got my friends who are early morning uh, bike riders uh, who always exclaim about how insane i am for having previously done it in the evening that would be uh mikey if you're out there you probably are yeah i'm talking about you so uh <laughs> but you know we uh, all... i'm not gonna go and spend a bunch of money on inside ride rollers or whatever i'm probably gonna keep cranking along on my cyclops uh, uh mag trainer that i've had for a million years those things will last a million years. After the apocalypse, we're all going to be doing our indoor training on those Cyclops mag rollers. It is it is Trainers. it is crazy. I I actually the other week uh, was it last week? I guess it was about two weeks ago now um, because I've been fortunate not to have to ride indoors since this happened. But I got up to go downstairs for a trainer workout. It's raining. I get the bike and the trainer. I'm like, Ugh, uh, you know, like you do. And I'm getting the bike yeah. set up. Uh, I think it might have even already been set up, but I go to tighten down because I I don't leave the tire clamped with the with the resistance unit mm-hmm. clamped to it because I don't know like I'm superstitious that it's gonna deform my tire permanently or something. It's insane, 
but but I don't yeah, do that. It makes sense or something. I, 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 I think I think it's probably insane. <laughs> but nonetheless, I don't leave the tire clamped. So I go to tighten down uh, you know the little knob at the back that, that turns the little tiny roller onto the wheel and I hear like and then and then it starts to like just spinning the knob. Oh no. And it's like 6.05 in the morning, and I'm exhausted, and now I'm really cranky, and I'm like, but my trainer, I was gonna, what, how, I don't, and then, yeah, it was bad. Uh, But they sent me a replacement. That's nice. I actually haven't opened the package yet, I assume it works, (laughs) but I gotta, I gotta, gotta replace that thing. So, I thought that you were gonna say that the, uh, that somehow magically it flatted your tire. That would have been less terrible. But that's still, at 6 a.m., that's still enough to just knock you off of... You need, at that hour, trying to do something like getting up and going for a ride, you are on, like, a knife edge of momentum keeping you... And anything that knocks you off of your game... Not you. Me. I'm talking about me, not you. Uh, Uh, Okay. If I'm trying to do something at that hour... If I wake up and there's, like, not the correct breakfast or it's going to take a little bit too long or, like, there's a problem with coffee or my bike, it's just not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, so so I guess, actually, it would have been worse as I think about it. Given that I was able to get them to send me a replacement tension, like, knob system thing mm-hmm. for free, uh, the, guy, the guy seemed very bored. It's like, oh, great. Another broken tension rod thing. I'll just send it all. Uh, but, you know, kudos to Cyclops for their customer support. I mean, yeah. it's not a complaint. Um, and, uh, yeah, so so the, given that I was able to get that for free, uh, it might have actually been worse because I did, I basically was like, I guess I'll put my bike on the rollers and do like a 15-minute warm up and then go do more core exercises because <laughs> yeah. it was like what i was like i don't even know like i can't right now you know i just and, and i had like some kind of thing that you need more resistance than rollers can provide to really do uh so yeah but anyway that was fun uh, that's that's an interesting good story greg that is a good story the reason why i like had my my hackles up and just i'm imagining flat tires everywhere is because i've had particularly bad flat tire luck lately and you want to hear me Mm. out on a story here yeah 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 so a a little over a week ago i'm just out it's like friday afternoon um i'm out riding in the like pretty wooded suburbs with windy up and down hills roads um, my plan is just like do a little ride, do a little workout, and then go ride out to where uh, my sweetheart works and ride. we would ride home together. A nice, nice. idea. Yes. Um, it does sound like a nice idea. It is. And I, I come to the stretch of road where I'm like, you know what? I, I, I noticed recently that I was only like four seconds off of the KOM for the stretch of road. So you got those I'm, I'm, uh, live live KOMs? No, no, I, I just noticed it, uh, you know, when I had uploaded a ride. Oh, okay. And I was like, I think if I were trying to do this tip to tip, I could get the KOM. Yeah, you're gonna go for it. Why not? And, and it's also it's a really fun stretch of road. It's like two minutes. It's like sort of rolling mostly downhill and windy. It's really fun. Um. A couple, like, little, little like, uphill rises that you just, like, blast over and then go down the other side. Ton of fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I get a little running start at it. And before long, I'm going 45 miles an hour. And I turn one of these corners and there's a bunch of crap in the road. There's a bunch of like big seed pods from some type of tree that drops these big hard seed pods that are about the same size and uh, color and shape uh, of tennis balls. Oh, do you nice. Know, do you know what kind of, if we have any arborists? Oh, 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 the size and color and shape of tennis balls? Mm-hmm. Probably Osage oranges. Osage oranges? Interesting. Yeah. Let me take a look. <laughs> looking here. that up. Looking that up. Oh yeah, doing a quick little Google. Yeah, I mean, I didn't no, realize that. No, the, they're a little no. bit different. So I, I, that did surprise me because I think the Osage orange is more of a southern, a southern, uh, plant. It's not but quite that. It's very see... good. It's my description that's uh, misleading you, not uh, your tree knowledge here. Okay. Um, but there, there's a bunch of like crunched uh, or chestnuts driven over. Maybe it's chestnuts. But they're they're big. Yeah, are are they... chestnuts inside of a much bigger thing? Yeah, yeah, they're like inside a pod. Yeah, inside maybe this they're... green pod. Look, yeah. look up chestnut. All right, chestnut. I think. Tree. <laughs> Give me chestnut. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> uh, no, chestnut pods are kind of spiky. Oh. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Water chestnut. Yeah, I don't know. It's not those either. Anyhow. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be an arborist. You're trying to be. I'm... Yeah. We're gonna need an arborist to email me anyway. What what grows outside of Philadelphia that's got sort of big green, slightly tennis ball looking seed pods, a little bit brownier, but they got some green in them. Anyway, uh, I ride through this muck in the road. Are definitely not a tree, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know when you like ride over some crap and you try and like go light on the bike? Uh, oh sure, yeah. So I, I tried to go light, but I rode through all this crap, and a few seconds later, I start to hear. Oh yeah, yeah, the classic sound. Yeah, the classic sound. So uh, I pull over, um, and you know I'm on like this suburb road with not a lot of traffic, but also no sidewalk. So I'm just in somebody's driveway, and I start fixing my front flat. Uh, it's never pleasant to flat a front tire when you're at 45 nope. miles an hour. Nope, not fun. Um, so I start fixing that, um, and I patch it, and I pump it up. And I look at my bike, and the rear is flat, too. I was going to guess. I was going to say, let me guess, you got back to your bike, and the back mm-hmm. wheel was flat. Yeah, the, the double flat. Yeah, so I yeah. fix the rear, and uh, as I'm working on that, I'm looking over at my front wheel and watching that nope. start to deflate as well. No! <laughs> oh, no! And, like, I've had, I've had like, there's some t- sometimes in, in really humid weather, like, patches don't stick i don't know if you've experienced this i've had some like bad patch luck so i figure I it's that don't patch on the road hmm? i generally don't patch on the road unless i'm desperate okay so well i was such I... as for example i've flatted three times well yeah <laughs> that's I'm the thing so i tubes. so i i i whip out my front tube again and i realize that it is not a patch problem it is that i got two punctures in like two different parts of the tire in this impact so i triple flatted in one incident greg the story doesn't end there no of course it doesn't of course it doesn't why would it i you know i i patch a bunch of one of these tubes and i throw a new tube in the other 
and um, I start riding to go meet my sweetheart, Heidi. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. about 10 or 15 minutes later, and I sort of did the thing, you know, when you get like tired of pumping something up on the road, because I'm, I'm done with CO2s. I'm all hand pump now, frame pump. Oh, um, yeah. I, I've never had CO2s. Oh, nice. It was good. Yeah. 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 Eco-friendly. I've gotten I've gotten burned by CO twos, so I was like, all right, it's frame pump life. You know, sometimes they like, yeah, yeah, yeah. in cold weather, bad weather, they like, I don't know, just tear the nozzle, whatever. Anywho, right, um, but yeah, but so so let me guess, like you 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 kind of had the tired frame pump arms, and you're like, eh, good enough. So good, yeah, I'll, whatever. A, I'll, I'll ride, you know, in sixty psi. I don't care. Yeah, it was but a little bit I'm, of a softy. A little, a little bit, bit of a softy. softy. But then I'm going down another hill, and this softy just seems to get softer and softer in the front. Uh-huh. And then I do the thing where I, like, just kind of jump on it, and it goes, Poof. I was like, what? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> oh. So I pull over to the, the I, I, there's a driveway on the opposite side of the road. I pull over, and I'm fixing this fourth flat tire of my bike ride. Mm-hmm. And I fix it and this is another one of these situations where like i'm in this driveway it's like on a hill there's kind of a lot of car traffic in the road i'm just feeling like i'm just a couple couple feet away from cars whizzing by and it's a little bit unpleasant and you do the thing where you're sitting on the side of the road you're fixing you're fixing a flat tire and cars are going by and you're just like ugh. yeah can i just look at people being like i I hate all of you can i get some dignity here right (laughs) yeah yeah and um so I fix it, I pump it up, and I throw my leg over my bike, and I clip in, and I'm ready to like push off, but I'm waiting for a gap in the, the traffic no. so I can no. get onto the other side of the road, right? Make a no. Left. Essentially make a left. So I'm, I'm staring down oncoming traffic here, and one of these cars coming up the hill toward me, I'm just thinking... It's pretty close to the edge of the road. And it's a narrow road. Like, there's no shoulder and there's no, like, painted white line. It's really oh, just yeah. okay. one lane in one direction, another lane in another direction. And then the grassy, greenery trees and bushes and whatnot on the side of the road. And I'm thinking, like, this car is kind of on the edge. And then, as it's yeah. coming toward me, it hits a bush that's slightly leaning over. Uh. And I'm like... Oh, and I start to like edge away and I think I started like, oh, like moving out of the way and it there's this big rock that was probably like almost as high as my waist, like a boulder that's sort of demarcating the edge of this driveway. Oh my god. A few feet away from me. <sighs> and as as I notice this car like coming off the edge of the road and hits this bush and as I start to like I think I'm like moving away or scrambling away or something. I don't know. It just runs its front right wheel into this big freaking rock and it flats immediately. There are like shards of wheel going all over the place, right? Because it's not oh, just yeah. a flat tire. It's like a, there was a huge bang, like the car hit the rock and then pulled over. And I'm, As you would yeah. if you basically broke your wheel. Which Oh, I am yeah. sure that they destroyed possibly more than the wheel. Oh, um, uh, no doubt, probably broken axle. Yeah. yeah, and I and I and I also like had to scramble out of the way because I was right, I was in like the area that was essentially protected by this rock. And I went and I looked at the rock, and they had hit it, and it had swiveled. This who knows how many hundreds of pounds this rock weighs had like swiveled. 
like 25 degrees. I could see, you know, the, the patch of, gr- of, of grass and dirt where it used to sit and where it was sitting now. And before I, before I biked away, I rolled over and I just said to the driver, are you okay? And she said, yeah, my, my tire blew out. And I said, no, you, <laughs> you drove off the road you into hit that a rock. boulder. I, I want you to know what happened here. <laughs> and then I biked away and I was really ready to be off of bikes that day. Oh, uh, I mean, I guess it's conceivable that there could have been a flat tire before that, but I don't know. So, I, uh, it's just, I don't know. It sort of seems like your head was down, maybe looking at a phone. Anyway, we don't need to analyze, I guess. Yeah what caused this car crash but that's um that's not a great day that's not a great day on the bike it's like any one of those things it's gonna ruin your day so you know you flat four times uh someone almost you know hits you with their car for whatever reason yeah yeah and i haven't had a day quite like that i have to admit i i have fortunately since then had some much better bike experiences so like you know it's not all bad i know that we like to we like to sort of spin up a a good old rant about something we like to share our aneurysms but uh you know how we've you and i have both talked about how irritating it is when somebody drafts without asking or announcing themselves or something Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. that infuriates me for many reasons we don't really need to enumerate all of them but i was uh I was riding this weekend on the uh, big road on the west side of the Schuylkill River here in Philadelphia that gets closed down on weekend mornings, um, closed to car traffic and open to people traffic, which is really, really nice. Um, I I had done a couple intervals, and so I'm just sort of like spinning down along this stretch of road. And I hear that there's somebody riding near me, but not on me, which is fine. And as I turn to just look at this person... It's a, it's a, a young guy sort of wearing like a jersey and some shorts on a, I don't know, cross bike or gravel bike with slick tires or whatever. And I just say, oh, hey, hey there. He says, hey. And he asks me, do you want to take turns drafting each other? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, no, thanks, not today. <laughs> but I really sort of appreciated the fact that he asked, uh, as well as the like slightly outsider way of framing that question which i found just sort of like like charmingly naive or something along those lines sure yeah do you want to take turns drafting each other no i don't but, but thanks <laughs> i mean kudos to him for asking mm-hmm. uh, an awkward question mm-hmm. yeah hmm. all right Sounds i mean pretty cool yeah, I haven't. That is cool. I, I have. I've never had someone ask me. Do, I. I don't know if I mentioned like the last time. No, not the last time. I the second to last time I had an, a, an unexpected drafter, uh, where I actually confronted the guy about it, and, and he was like, "But I never. I didn't know. I never get to ride with, other people." Aww. And he was. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, this took a sort of." more pathetic turn than i expected it to (laughs) 
And I was like, well, it's rude. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Um, partly because I was like, I don't know. It seems a little obvious <laughs> to me, but uh, whatever. No, the last yeah. time someone did it, I was already to be annoyed. And then he started talking to me and asked if he could hang out. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean. So. Yeah. And, and then it was and then it was fine. It's like just talk to me. It's like that, that, that's also the thing about like the I don't get to ride with other people guy. It's like well then why are you just sitting on my wheel silently, <laughs> <laughs> like waiting for me to notice you? It's like introduce yourself, you know. Uh, that's a that's a thing. That's a thing. So um, I don't know. You're you're in the off season, right? Uh, it depends on what you mean by off-season. Well, okay. You're not actively racing. I do have a race on Saturday, but other than that, I'm not really racing. You have a race on Saturday? Yeah, I'm gonna go to New York and race a circuit race. Oh. Huh. Interesting. All right. <clears throat> no, that sounds, that sounds fun. You, sh- you should enjoy that. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good little but, weekend but... planned. Well, that's good, but you know, track for, seasons. Gone. For the most part, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it's off season ish. But I'll say this is that you know a, a lot of people, a lot of roadies, maybe you know they they race in the spring, and then in the summer, and you know spring there's a lot of building going on, and in summer there's you know maybe a peak and a lot of fatigue management and some like fitness maintenance, and then in the fall you know for people who aren't racing cross or who aren't focusing on cross, you know they people kind of transition they don't race they don't ride with a lot of structure and, and that's great maybe they like stop riding for a little while and like take a big break uh and don't really return until uh you know i don't know the 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 late fall or early winter when they start like doing base again you know does that mm-hmm. sound about right for what, what a lot of people do yeah 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 that sounds that sounds accurate yeah i on the other hand took you know a couple pretty light weeks and then sort of went right back into uh laying the foundation for what i need to work on for next year All hence right, my so hence my, my sprint workout earlier earlier today oh yeah that's an interesting approach doing sprint workouts in the uh in the fall yeah Early well fall. well you know anytime you, you build something it doesn't it doesn't go away you you keep on kind of like inching up these different areas and juggling what you're working on trying to raise the everything that you're working on and uh mm-hmm. it's sort mm-hmm. of a i think it's i think it's a, a mistake <laughs> to neglect sprint work um yeah it probably it probably is and it, it's, know, also, it's, me... it's also something that with it's it's not all that strenuous you know you can you can do a sprint workout with like a 70 tss workout you can you can throw mm-hmm. that in once a week and the payoffs are huge. You can just watch your power skyrocket just with some focused work on it. And by focused work, I don't mean like popping off a sprint when you're tired and there's a town line when you're on the group ride, right? Like that's not a workout. That's uh, that's an effort. Well, it's funny. I was <laughs> I was gonna say something about group group rides, but oh. but now never mind. No, go on. So the I mean the. The thing about training like a trackie, even when you're riding your road bike, is that there's like a lot of going really easy. 
Hmm. Punctuated by like a few all out fall down and vomit type of efforts. And I think that that's something that a lot of people, a lot of like roadies don't, don't really do because you know, I mean, you're on a road bike, you want to like go for a ride, you want to do a route or ride with people. You don't necessarily want to like go to a park and spin around in the 39-28 for a while and then like do an effort that leaves you only able to spin around in the 39-28 for another 10 or 15 or 20 minutes. Right? That's not sure, that's not sure. a mode that most roadies uh, work in. But for people who train yeah, at the track, I mean, that's yeah. really common to like, you get on the track, you do this brutal effort, you get off the track, you sit down, you drink some water, you hop on rollers, you change your gear, and then... 15 or 20 minutes later, you're ready to do another effort on the track. Oh, well, that's interesting that you're doing such an all-out sprint effort, you know, as an enduro. Because I would have figured you'd be doing more like, you know, those like three to five minute things as well. That kind of, that kind of duration. I don't know. I'm sure that you need some like threshold level stuff to, at least maintenance level stuff to kind of have the, uh, you know, sort of glue it all together as it were. Yeah, definitely, but. and there, there's there's a time for you know aerobic development in uh, in mm. in my schedule too. But I think that you know there there are some gains that you can make that like even if even if you lose them, they'll come back once you've like kind of busted through a certain ceiling. Um, yeah, and there are also you know ways to lay a sort of groundwork for uh, for for stuff to work on in the spring, you know. And so even if it's not, you know. It's not like I'm six six weeks or, or two months out from from the race season, but still uh, taking some time to develop a few different components of of the sprint. Um, yeah, is something that I'm pretty excited about. So it's it's just funny that you mentioned group rides because I was going to say that I I think that maybe one of the things that is I don't know been been played a role in kind of what's going on what's been going on with me over the last little while is that uh you know i i i haven't really attended a group ride in a couple years mm-hmm. like a like a kind of racy group ride where everyone's like going hard and attacking each other mm-hmm. and stuff and, you know because i've kind of gotten a little bit burned out on that experience of <laughs> like hey let's go through all these stop signs and whatever like <laughs> um but that you know, there's something to be said for maybe occasionally having a ride where you're kind of at a high level the whole time and and doing and then having to respond to attacks and stuff like that. You know, not just doing that uh, in racing. So I've been thinking about maybe seeing about occasionally doing that um, again. You know, not a big thing, but uh, but you know, yeah. I mean, you're also right that it's it's not it's not like a real workout. Like there's there's the there's like a difference between doing like it's easy to think oh yeah i should work on uh doing hard efforts after i'm tired so that like my body is used to doing that but that's not actually how that really works for the most part but there is like a there there might be a psychological element of it of being able to do hard you know like okay legs come on um but as it turns out if you want to get better at sprinting sprinting after you've ridden for three hours is is rather ineffective it doesn't do it yeah (laughs) 
um, you know, and, and, you know, the problem is that you're out of gas, you know, in, you know, at the end of a race, um, the answer isn't to do the exact same thing that you do in a race because you're going to be out of gas at the right. end of your ride. Yeah. And like, so, but yeah, training's and, hard. And, and like, one of the key things to training is these breakthrough workouts where you do things that you never thought possible. And if you always try and replicate race situations and you always try and do efforts when you're in fatigue, you're never going to be doing the kind of stimulus that you need to have your body uh, overcompensate and do this like super adaptation. Who's your coach? He sounds like a smart guy. <laughs> yeah, my coach is a guy named Robert Mayfield. He's a super smart guy. And if anybody's interested in the coach, I mean, I, I can uh, definitely get you in touch. Robert is has really opened many doors for me. Yeah, is he a, is he a track coach or does he just do lots of things? He he, you know, he focuses on the sort of like crits and track end of the spectrum, but he's mm-hmm. not a, a a dogmatic coach. I mean, he he pulls in a lot of uh, different science and sort of synthesizes a lot of different research in order to figure out what works best for what someone's looking for. Right, right. Yeah, because you definitely you've definitely uh, made a lot of gains uh, while while you've been working with him. So it's really cool yeah all right i'm 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 grateful yeah blessed you you had (laughs) blessed uh is that is that the the one with like the two hands or whatever yeah the like prayer hands kind of thing the prayer hands emoji yeah awesome okay so um moving on i I don't this wasn't supposed to be like a training science episode i don't think i mean whatever (laughs) <laughs> maybe that's what the people want welcome to the honest bicycle program where we just kind of meander around a little yeah, bit. yeah it's true we're it's definitely it's uh we are off season af <laughs> right now uh so it's that's kind of what it, except the, even though of course i'm supposedly in the middle of cyclocross racing season hoping to turn things around a little bit it's it's slow it's improving situation's improving um but yeah it's uh it's a long road back as it turns out but anyway yeah. enough about me uh, hang on, I'm just gonna do, 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 do. Okay, I was just typing up, just typing up uh, off season AF. Maybe that'll be the title. I don't know. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So um, anyway, I think that might it might be a good time now to tell you a little bit about the Wide Angle Podium Network. What do you think? Ah, oh, lay it on me. All right. Wide Angle Podium. Perhaps you've heard of this concept. I have. Yes. I mean, I can explain. I I, I can explain further. Uh, the wide-angle podium is the idea of a podium that, because it is wider than the standard podium, which has three people on it, uh, requires a wide-angle lens, perhaps, on your camera device in order to capture everyone on it. So uh, at your mountain bike races, for example, a wide-angle podium was uh, de rigueur, as the French say, for some time, uh, but it is expanded to other things. Uh, so you have many podiums that have five, perhaps seven, perhaps even nine or ten people. And yes, I have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, <way> wide. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. But hey, you know. Uh, but anyway, this this is the conceptual underpinning of the wide angle podium network, uh, which is really the the idea of the wide angle podium network is that hey. Do you want to listen to excellent cycling-related content? You know, podcasts, essentially. Is that what you want in your ears? Well, uh, if so, you're a winner. You can all be winners because the Wine Angle Pudding Network is the place to get that content. So, for example, there's us. Uh, 
Honest Bicycle Program. You may have heard of us. We're kind of a big deal. There's the Slow Ride Podcast, of course. You've got Crosshairs Radio. You've got We Got to Hang Out. You've got uh, Bike Shop CX. Uh, this, all these fine, fine shows. Maddie, do you have a particular show that you'd like to mention? My favorite one is the Honest Bicycle Program. Oh, that's uh, all right. Just going to make a note of that. Uh, <laughs> Kissy oh, Nass by, by Maddie. <laughs> is it Kissy Nass <laughs> if it's your own ass? <laughs> We'll let well, the, the philosophers argue about that one. Look, the point is that, that uh, to honestly, uh, the Wide Angle Podium Network is your one-stop shop for the best cycling podcasts out there. Uh, there's tons of them. They're all great. Um, like I, I, I barely even know uh, where to start, but I think you should probably start with, uh, you know, if you're into pro cycling, try the Slow Ride Podcast. If you're you know, really want to know um, your shiz from your jizz? No, wait, could abort, <laughs> abort, abort your shiz from your jis. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna uh, uh, make it a pronounced acronym in the same way as shiz, and then I was like, that's a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> if you really want to know your shiz from your jis, uh, Bike Shop CX would be the place to go. Um, if you want cool people riding on bikes, talking with gosh was it what was it like fred armison or something am i am i imagining that uh pretty like cool conversations on bikes uh from we got to hang out yeah um they apparently ride around on bikes and talk uh which is yeah which is really cool uh you can tell that i've i've actually done a really i've look i i i'm really busy (laughs) i need to listen to more of these shows they're really good uh the dirt field recording supposedly there'll be another one coming out soon that's you know if you want kind of the inside scoop on running the team um, that's Lindsay Bear, uh, and on being a pro cyclist, um, yeah, she's got you covered. So, hold on, I am just looking at the episode listing of We Got to Hang Out, and yeah, they uh, have an episode with Corin Tucker from Slater Kinney. Oh my God, <laughs> Sasha White of the Vanilla Workshop. This is awesome. Yeah, damn. Maybe you should start listening to podcasts, Matteo. Damn, <laughs> just an idea. That's an idea, but you know it, it, this is this really good. Like they're talking to these so these super cool people about bikes and hanging out. Uh, so so we got to hang out. Everyone's raving about it. You should you should check it out. Um, but yeah, so we've got all these shows and they bring together all this great content in one place. But you know it does cost some money to do. Uh, there's server space. There's uh, the let's say um, comfortable lifestyle to which we've become accustomed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> all that, uh, it takes a little bit of dough to keep it rolling. So you can become a this member. the sound of my, really my gold that. and platinum chains. <laughs> oh, nice. I assume that you don't actually, you know, wear those while sprinting. I mean, you know, watts per kilo. But it's like, it's like lifting with, uh, chains on the bar, uh, you know, sprinting with, uh, chains around. Oh the yeah. Bar. Yeah. Yeah. You just take them off for the race Yeah. so that, yeah, it's a boost there. Uh, yeah, but you know, It'd be very helpful if you could become a member. You know, it, it can be a pretty uh, uh, low starting point. You know, five dollars a month. You could go all the way up to fifty dollars a month if you feel like a superhero. Uh, but it doesn't have to be fifty dollars a month. It could be you know twenty, whatever, um, <laughs> ten, five, uh, and and you know keep it keep it coming in. And you know we're not going to get rich uh, off of it because Maddie is going to take all the money and use it to buy his platinum and gold chains. But uh, it'll help. It'll help. That's that's excellent Foley work. 
so that's wideanglepodium.com slash donate to do that. You'll also, you know, it's not just a good feeling. Um, we have some sweet, sweet bonus content uh, to to sweeten the deal a bit. Not just us, but, but many of the shows and probably all of the shows mm-hmm. on the network. So... Yeah, that's. I think that's a, a nice long ad for the Winding Podium Network. Uh, we're really happy to be part of it, and uh, we're happy that you choose to listen. So keep listening and become a member. Winninglepodium.com slash donate. All right. Not now, only I, that. Oh, oh, really? We're not done? But, we're not done? No, well, this podcast is supported by Health IQ. Oh. We're just getting them all out. Yeah. Health yeah, IQ right, is people. a life insurance company uh, that works on behalf of health conscious people, um, including especially cyclists. So you can visit healthiq.com slash honest bicycle to learn more, get a free quote. Uh, they have a life insurance FAQ page to answer your questions about what life insurance is, why you should get it and how they come up with things. Get your questions answered. They communicate a lot of information about like how they calculate their rates and how they collect their data in a really great way, which sort of like tickles my happy parts of the brain because of what I do for a living. Um, but yeah, you should definitely check them out, learn more, get a free quote, uh, healthiq.com slash honest bicycle. Um, you can uh, get some really great savings uh, and pay less for life insurance. Um, they're an agency that uh, really figures out special rates, uh, exclusive rates, in fact, um, for people who live an active and healthy run st- uh, lifestyle. So a run and a run style. It's run true. style, lifestyle, run style. But, um, so take a look. Healthiq.com slash honest bicycle. Yeah, and go check it out. You know, no one's going to make you buy health insurance, but but uh, <laughs> health insurance, life insurance. I keep saying health insurance. It's not. It's not health insurance. It's life insurance, which is which is really really important in people. You know often overlook it because you know you you kind of can't use your own life insurance policy but you know there's there are people there are people in your life who care about you it is uh, it is frowned upon to try and use your own life insurance policy it is it is that's it's difficult to pull off generally so there are people you care about and you know uh give them a thought and 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 go check that out you know yeah, uh, it, it helps us just if you go and and kind of take the little quiz and and answer the questions. Um, you know, if you go to the healthiq.com slash honest bicycle and you know give them some love. Uh, they've been supporting us and the rest of the Wide Angle Podium Network for a real long time. Um, we love them for it. We really appreciate it. So so go check that out. All right, man, man, what an action packed kind of middle of the show there. Uh, lots of uh, fantastic. Um, you know promotions let's say speaking of action packed <laughs> speaking of action packed oh okay I was all right what you got doing a 60 second all out effort the other day very difficult and unpleasant to do and it's going up a sort of light hill just to get the little little bit of hill resistance um and as i'm getting to the top it's in fairmount park in philadelphia and i'm getting up toward the back of the man center which is a performing arts <laughs> the man situation. center it's got two ends in it, though. Don't be fooled. Oh, but there's a there's it's like a, a center for man. The center for man. There is a security guard by the special staff only parking lot. And as I turn this corner, as I'm like 45 seconds into the 60 second effort, and anybody can tell you, a minute long effort is pretty brutal. Those last yeah, 15 seconds are twice as long as the first 45. 
And I just, I sort of come around this turn coming up the hill. I'm all draped over my handlebars, all flogging and flailing at the bike. And he just sees me and immediately starts going like, yeah, go, go, go. And he's like, like doing the like pointing windmilling with one arm and pointing with the other situation, you know? He's like, yeah, go, 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 do it, do it, slam it, slam it, slam it. <laughs> and it really nice. helped me, it really helped me finish off that effort. Well, what a, what a nice person. Yeah, it was, it was rad. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I'm really glad to hear that. I, I don't think I've had interval cheers at any time. This city's awesome. Ever. Philadelphia is so cool. I was just, <coughs> excuse me. I was just uh, uh, in a new city to me, actually, for, for a little while, a little vacation. Yes, do tell. Yeah, so I was, I was in Montreal for a few days. We took a little anniversary vacation there and i actually did bring my bike and i was i had all these ambitions to ride it like several times and i rode it one one time mm-hmm. one time but we did uh we did take advantage of the bike share program that they have there ah is it the same kind of bikes that are in like new york and dc and philly and minneapolis and does boston uh, have a bike share program yeah yeah yeah, yeah the same the remember. alta bikes maybe it's it's there's like two major programs in the usa and it's the one that boston has mm-hmm. um, it's, they call it bixie they have an app called spot cycle or something mm-hmm. i think it's the same as the new york ones but it's mm-hmm. the same with general idea you've got a a dock that holds them in place with some kind of i don't know magnet or something i'm not sure mm-hmm. there's like this triangular shaped thing and you push the bike into the dock and it goes boop boop and you get like a, you can get a, a pass for, you know, a day or three days or a week or, you know, a, a membership that mm-hmm. is, you know, a year long basically. And, and you enter a little five digit code and you get a bike and you have 30 minutes to get it to another station basically. And, and if that, you do that, it's no additional charges above the cost of the membership you paid. And mm-hmm. if, you know, there's, there's a somewhat small additional charges that are applied if uh, you go over but it's a great way to see a new city uh especially a city that is actually relatively compact and i'd say montreal is pretty bike friendly uh it's a beautiful city by the way i highly recommend it um it definitely is um there, there are people on bikes everywhere which is great uh it's it's a lot more it is definitely more bike friendly at least from what i could see compared to boston uh which can be mm-hmm challenging at times you know right nothing's perfect yeah uh it was it's hard to be it's very very difficult to be super impressed by anywhere in north america after you've spent (laughs) a couple days in amsterdam yeah um you're like well it's not bad but it's no amsterdam and you're like i'm a jerk (laughs) that's a pretty high bar But yeah, it's a great way to get around. As far as like riding my road road bike, it turns out that Montreal is a very hilly city. Hmm. Um, do you you know about like this world tour race that they have in Canada? The Grand Prix de Montreal. Grand Prix Cycliste uh, de Montreal yeah, or something Grand like that. Grand Prix Cycliste de Montreal. Oh yeah, that's that's real nice anti Montreal racism. That's good. Uh, oh, is that what? racism. I was just Maybe. doing an accent. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe I put that a little strongly. I I actually like because I was because I was there, I sometimes found myself just doing the like I would 
I was making some kind of joke and I put on my like generic foreign accent or You're whatever. Like, and I was like, oh yeah, and I was like, oh my generic foreign accent sounds like I'm making fun of people with French mm-hmm. accents. Maybe that's not so good. Uh anyway. <laughs> but it turns out that Montreal's quite hilly, which maybe at least partially explains why every single Quebecois uh who comes down to race bikes in New England is fast as fuck. <laughs> uh, because i went and, and did basically a loop uh, like a lap of this route or at least most of it and it's bonkers that's pretty it's cool. so it's grim it's well first i went over the park they have this wonderful park called uh it's mount royal park or in french uh montreal um montreal it's what actually the city is named for and the loop kind of goes through, it's like the northwestern uh, side. There's this road called like Chameleon Hood or whatever, and then Remembrance Street or whatever. But it goes it goes up this climb, which is just bananas. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those climbs that like you look at Estrava and the top names on it are guys like Philippe Gilbert and, and those, those sorts of names. Um, mm-hmm. And they have times like 338. So I'm thinking like, Oh yeah, so it's like I don't know, a little over a three and a half minute climb, and I'm on this climb, and I'm like, "You idiot! This isn't a three and a half minute climb for you. <laughs> like, it's like a five minute climb <laughs> for me, <laughs> for mm-hmm. me. And it's one of those ones where it goes up and it's super steep, and and you go through a switchback, and you're like, "Oh, phew! I see it's leveling out now. Awesome!" Except that then you're like, "Wait, it's still really hard to pedal. Why is that happening?" And then you're like, oh, it's just now open enough, and it doesn't look as steep, but it's just as steep, you know. And you, I, I had like gone up a gear, mm-hmm. and I was like, uh, clunk clunk, back down. <laughs> 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 like, okay, like I'm trying to do a good time up here, but you know, it's not like I'm going to be in the top like one thousand on this climb. And then there's another climb mm-hmm. on the route where you go up through the the campus of like the ecole biotechnique or whatever and i just i had just mapped this out beforehand mm-hmm. just on like street view or whatever and i was like yeah it's fine it's fine looks not so bad and i get to this hill and i was like what like <laughs> really and there's this other person on a bike ahead of me and they're just like in their saddle the whole time and i was just like oh of course they're making it look easy <laughs> Because I was like, well, clearly, since I'm hammering out of the saddle, I'm going to catch this guy. And it's like every time I went around a corner, he was further away from me. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, dude, just just like spinning along. It looked like I was like, freaking French Canadians are so strong. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was rough. They didn't wave at me either. That was Quebecois. They're great. They're great. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, That's intense. I had no idea that Montreal was that hilly. Let me. I'm. I'm like. I'm like taking a look at a map of Montreal to think about why it might be. I guess do you have like bluffs coming off of the uh, the river. Uh, it just all. It just all slopes upward to this. Um, hmm. To this mountain, because it like it used to be you know i don't know 500 million years ago or whatever it was a volcanic island chain or something (laughs) in like the ocean Uh i'm not even kidding and and um 
you know, when, when the glaciers came, you know, some millions of years later, but still, you know, I don't know, 15,000, 20,000 years ago or whatever, they scraped away all the sediment that was sort of on the seafloor, but the rock that the islands are made out of is harder, right? So yeah. it doesn't wear away as well. And so that's why you actually get a lot of formations in kind of glaciated areas that are they actually have a name for a lot of them they're called drumlins have you heard of that i have but, and yeah I'm, I'm looking at like the terrain map and there are these like outcry these like little nugget hills popping yeah up. exactly exactly yeah yeah and it's like the harder rock and you know mount sugarloaf in 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 south deerfield massachusetts is uh yes. right and so well, i don't i don't know sugarloaf. if yeah, good old sugar loaf. I don't know if I don't know if Mount Royal, you know, if Mont Royal is a, a drumlin. I don't think so. It isn't shaped like one, but you know, anyway, that's the basic idea. Uh, a drumlin is a particular kind of thing with like a very. I'm sorry, people. I know this is boring, but I I, I enjoy this stuff. So. I think this is cool. Hey, this is about you and me here. It's true. It is about it is about you and me. But but yeah, a drumlin is a a, um, a kind of shape where it has a very gradual northern slope in a very steep southern slope and the reason mm. is because as the glaciers kind of crept southward they were carrying all this like crap and so when they bumped into these nuggets <laughs> and were scraping everything else around all like the stuff that they were dragging with them got deposited along the northern uh, yeah. side of these harder bits as the and then they kind of wore down everything else around it yeah of course yeah <laughs> I mean, no, of course, now that I'm thinking about it, like, yeah. No, it makes total sense. It, it does. Uh, it, it does. It makes total sense. <laughs> but man, this is, yeah, this has been the Honest Geography? Geology, rather, program? I don't know. The Honest Geology program right here. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, Montreal is hilly, I think is what I was trying to get at. I did one loop, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's good. I thought I was going to have time to do two. I totally don't. I'm going back too far. <laughs> little airbnb now uh and that was that i didn't ride my bike again um while we were there we were only there for five days wasn't wasn't too bad but but yeah it was fun it was a good little thing uh my uh my my sweetheart heidi was in canada for around the same time she was yes i saw that in banff yep which is maybe the best name for a place definitely i assumed based on how it's spelled b-a-n- FF or BANNF? Neither of those is particularly. I believe it's BANNF. Uh, yeah. I assume that it would be pronounced BAMF, but it's no, it's BAMF. <laughs> it's in Alberta, of course, which is between British Columbia and Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a couple hours outside of Calgary in the Rocky Mountains. And uh, she, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Um, Heidi doesn't particularly care for the brown liquors. But she does enjoy uh, a beverage that's appropriate for the time and the place that she's in. Mm-hmm. So she gets she gets to Banff a long day of traveling, and she texts me a picture of herself uh, drinking a maple rye, and I was like, "I want maple rye. What's happening?" <laughs> I I had a drink I had a drink while in Montreal called the Canuck that had among other things, uh, it had rye. And maple syrup, nice, and and some other things in it. Uh, it was it was kind of like a Canadian, I don't know, 
it's sweetness sweetness level was was like a, a whiskey sour which is a little on the sweet side um mm-hmm. for me so it wasn't my favorite drink that i had um but it was you know it was like hey whatever i'll try something something you know canadian-ish yeah uh but yeah but i you know i saw her pictures and i was i was suitably impressed actually and i was i was thinking about that today uh well i was thinking about Heidi today because i was thinking uh you know i bet that whatever she's doing she's she's doing math and she's doing it well whereas i was at work and and having a problem because i was doing math not well (laughs) (laughs) and it was it was causing me a great deal of frustration you did mention something about your algorithms being all fakakta uh yeah well see the mistake i made was um (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna clap to bring this back to bikes pretty soon i guess but but hey bonus math section so uh basically i was using this instrument and it can output a very large data set there's like ten thousand data points for each experiment and it'll it'll output them uh as linear values or it will actually you know transform them on the fly to the base 10 log values um and I, so this was prompted partly because there's a bug in this stupid piece of software that was even though i would say hey give me this parameter and give me the log values of this parameter and it would say sure here you are but they were actually the linear values which was annoying uh and so yeah. one of those things was some averages and uh, of of a bunch of data points and i wanted to know what those averages were uh or i thought i needed to know what those averages were in the log values uh and and it might have been helpful you know anyway to have those in the log values but it was giving me the linear values so i was like whatever i will take them and convert these log values for the mean into linear values mm-hmm. um the problem is you do that with an average and you are in for a world of hurt because, and, and I'm going to see if I can state this in a way that is, that is clear. The assumption I made was that if you take the, if, if you basically, I don't know, D log, no, if you take, sorry, if you take the base 10 log of the linear mean of a set of points, that you will get the same number as if you took the mean of those points that had already been converted to log mm-hmm. uh, values. Yeah, that's not right. <laughs> that is not true at all. Uh, in the same way that if you take several averages and average them together, you will get a different answer than if you uh, average, the, everything than from average everything together. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a pretty basic math thing that idiots like me should actually know i think it's the kind of, I mean, it's the, it's the kind of thing where you can easily like get into a mode of like 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 getting stuff done and combining some things and writing the code to make it happen you don't stop and think hold on a second <laughs> yeah yeah so that was so that then i spent basically two hours being like wait how do i crap and like trying to figure out how to redo it was you know it was work it's not that interesting enough said <laughs> basically Basically, I made a really stupid error uh, in math, and, the math uh, because sometimes because sometimes I have to do math at my job, but not quite so often that it's automatic, at least yet. So anyway, math. 
Um, but Heidi's quite good at math, so so maybe you can tell her about this part and she can laugh. Um, I will. I will. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I just have one more thing I wanted to ask you about. Or maybe it was something you wanted to ask me about. Because it has to do with crank length. Do you think I should experiment with 165 millimeter cranks on my road bike? So, so, so yes. Uh, so I'm... I was very surprised that we hadn't talked about this before, and I was also surprised that you apparently have not been running 165 millimeter cranks. Yeah, just, uh, uh, just though I assume you have. I assume you have on your track bike. I have 167.5s on my track bike, actually. That is okay. That's interesting. That for, that makes for... more sense to me. And it's and it's mostly it has to do with inertia. I had one sixty fives for the first couple of years, and then you know I was like a like a pretty weak cat three, and I was thinking like, but if I had a longer crank, then I would have more leverage, and so uh, I should do that. So I changed them for one sixty one sixty seven fives, and that's just what I've used ever since. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Here's here's my okay. This seems to be this is. So it's not crazy of you to think that because it is a very, very common theory among people that if you go to a longer crank because you have a longer lever, that you're basically going to get more leverage that way. And, and uh, it's, it's, interesting. it's interesting that people who are smart enough to think about leverage will think that you can get something for free. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when it comes to like physics you know what i mean um yeah. because it's true that you will get more leverage but but that doesn't that doesn't come for free that doesn't necessarily mean that you have more power unless yeah. you really care about like power at like a low cadence like if you're like oh torque Right, but, and that's but, you know the thing right. is I I do notice like French climbers who spend all day grinding around at like sixty five RPM. I I sometimes see like world tour pros and watching like riders go up hills, and it just looks like some riders are on super long cranks, right? Because their legs are moving a lot. Right, and that might I mean, be that's and, what and, doing. and right. Right, but I mean, you know, the thing is, when you get more leverage, what do you have to do? You have to move the lever further. Yeah. Right, and that's and that's it. You, you're you're going to be circumscribing a bigger circle, which which you know, if you're short leg, like mm-hmm. you and me are, just you know, not proportionally necessarily, but you know, as kind of a bell curve, you know, in the population uh, of of male cyclists anyway, where we have short legs, and uh, it's more difficult to do that biomechanically and um you know just in general no matter who you are you are having to exert force if you're you know if you're pedaling hard right Mm -hmm. for for all the unit distance that you're you're pedaling that crank around in a circle you're exerting force through all of it so whether you know so yeah you might have less actual effort at like a given moment in time um, but you have to make up for that by exerting that uh, lesser effort for longer. Yeah, and it's it, it's just like you know the inclined plane, right? Like going up a ramp versus <laughs> you know going up a set of stairs. Like the yeah. ramp is shallower, 
um, but you're doing the same amount of work. So it might, it might well be easier, but then you might have a problem, you know, in terms of like, if you want to get up to that, the top of that hill as quickly as possible. So it's always these are a balance. All, these are all like, like they're all, they're, they're all trade-offs that you make between like how much force you're producing and how fast you do it. Like what your frequency is, what your cadence right. is. Right. Exactly. 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 And, and, and that's, that's, you know, fundamentally what it is, is a trade-off. Like it, it might be that the best trade-off is to go with the longer cranks, but like, you know, it is a trade-off. You're not, you're not going to get that reduced leverage for free. Yeah. And, and then, and they're just, just make more power. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So I think for most short people, it usually works better to be on, on shorter cranks most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, kind of easier to get on top of um spinning that that gear around and and i for me i've always been on short cranks because uh i have a history of kind of fit issues and and kind of not exactly knee injury as it turns out but we'll just say for the sake of brevity knee knee injury (laughs) um and i'm relatively especially earlier on i've kind of since kind of come to grips with how to deal with that injury and i can tolerate longer cranks if i need to um but i was very sensitive to crank length and and the other nice thing about having uh shorter cranks is you can get your saddle higher yeah uh which which is so that's like what the that's what that's where you know team sky has sort of pioneered the the use of short cranks in in road cycling is that you know they can have their riders comfortably spinning bring their saddle up still reduce their hip angle so that their hip angle is still like firing at this really powerful hip angle and then tilt their torso over and get a really aerodynamic body position yeah yeah which is interesting everything yeah it's all it's all cyclical there was there was kind of a big uh long cranks got super popular i think like people started having this idea in in like the late 80s early 90s um, into the you know and through the 90s I think of, of like oh yeah if I just put longer cranks on my bike I'll get more more power for free um, <laughs> but physics physics doesn't work that way so it all comes <laughs> back around I think people are you know realizing that oh it just kind of depends on the individual so I, I, I applaud you for trying something new um, you, or thinking about it anyway yeah um, well I've got so I have a, a quirk power meter on my bike but since the spider mm. is uh you know bolted onto the arms i figure maybe i can uh, rummage up some 165 millimeter quark arms and uh experiment yeah yeah i'd say i'd say give it a shot give it a shot see how you like it you know give it give it more than a day yeah uh and and see how you feel and you know i've i've ridden relatively recently 170 crank you know bike 170 millimeter crank mm. crank bike and uh it was tolerable i didn't like it but it was tolerable so it can go the other way i will say um, this the the first time i had yeah. 165 millimeter cranks was on uh one of my track bikes and prior to that i only had 170s on bikes and uh on these bikes anytime i got into the drops i felt like i was reaching and falling over and about to knee myself in the chin hmm. um it's not like I was particularly fit or my fit was particularly sophisticated. But when I put 165 millimeter cranks on one of my first track racing bikes, I like suddenly felt like a bike fit me for the first time. 
right? Because it had all of these other effects. Yeah. I, I felt like I wasn't about to knee myself in in the face or in the throat, which meant that I could like comfortably reach the handlebars, reach the drops, and that was really cool. Cool. Yeah, it was a nice experience. Cool. So you well, you you could maybe you can have that experience again. Maybe. 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 Well, this is the end of yet another good experience for our listeners. <laughs> nice. I hope. <laughs> Possibly of listening to the Honest Bicycle program. You know, coming to you on the Wide Angle Podium Network, as we always do. And um, thank you. I don't know. Got any uh, closing closing thoughts, Matteo? Thanks for riding along with us today. Yeah, it was a nice, you know, it was a nice little ride. You know, just kind of whatever came to mind. So you got you to gotta do one like that every now and then. You really got to. Alrighty, I guess I will catch you next time, Matteo. And I'll catch you next time, Greg. Alright, and, and, and together we'll catch. We'll be <laughs> yeah. the honest bicycle. Yes. And and we'll see ya we'll see you on the ride, all y'all. Till next time. Bye.